Elemental Wizard, okay, and uh, let's see, Betty Jo, I had you, Betty Jo Tucker, Movie Attic Headquarters, now I can't find my mail, <laughs> what's the mail, all right, got to find you, Betty Jo, hold on, where did you go, i got to find the mail again, Betty Jo, I will announce what you have going on, there you are, okay, too many things up, multitasking, Betty Jo Tucker, Movie Attic Headquarters, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. during the month of May, She'll be featuring Vintage On Demand, an interview with Kimberly Potts, author, journalist, uh, discusses films as uh, mothers as key characters. Of course, because it's Mother's Day. i got to start doing that Mother's Day thing. Okay, Mommy Dearest, Carrie, Postcoach on the Edge, la, la, la. Okay, she's the author of several books, including Everything I Need to Know I Learned from Chick Flicks. Oh, yeah, I remember that interview. Okay, anyway, it's going to be a good interview. Check it out, Betty Jo Tucker, Movie Attic Headquarters, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. You can also check Betty Jo Tucker out on uh, Amazon, uh, Cinema Stanzas 1 and 2, uh, It Had to Be Us, her books, and also uh, the movie Cake, a Love Story, based on her and her husband's life. And that's on Amazon. You could watch it there. All righty. Now, I want to play something that's not music. Hold on. Can't get my chat room open still. I think they want me to join like another thing under another name. And to, oh, anyway, that's uh, not 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 helpful. Anyway, I was looking this. Um, he passed away, but just a great raconteur and actor. You remember him from uh, the movie uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, probably Taylor Negron. Good actor, but he was also a great storyteller. And this is one of my favorite stories about growing up in L.A. Here we go. Please welcome Taylor Negron. I was born in Los Angeles in a house in a canyon that 
was in a nest of palm trees that casted these thin, unmoving shadows like prison bars. It was very California Gothic. <laughs> I am very California Gothic. I am the child of those people that you used to see in the ads for cigarettes in the back of Life magazine. Those handsome people that were always wearing terry cloth robes and, and penny loafers, smoking cigarettes, looking like they just heard the funniest joke of their life. The Marlboro man met the Virginia Slims woman and had me. <laughs> it's very California Gothic to have your best friend's mother, who is a movie star, keep her cracked Oscar in the kitchen next to the salt and the cumin and the cumadin. It's very California Gothic to see Joan Didion crying at the wheel of her green Jaguar on Moore Park below Ventura. It's very California Gothic to have a cousin who is a rock star. My cousin is Chuck Negron, the lead singer for the group Three Dog Night. And he bore a startling resemblance to Charles Manson. Now, when you were a kid like me in 1970, growing up in Los Angeles, you knew that you, that you shared the city with Charles Manson and his family. Because that grisly, murderous night of mayhem and helter-skelter was all anybody could talk about. And for those of you who are too young to know what helter-skelter is, it's um, kind of like twerking, but with blood. And it was really scary, really horrifying. And, and my parents, they were always going out on the town. They were always getting dressed up and leaving like in Mad Men, right? They just left me alone. They just went out. One night, my father came in and he said, um, I want you to close all these doors and windows. I don't want these hippies to come in here and de-gut you. <laughs> you heard him. That was an option in my childhood to be de-gutted. And, and it left a tremendous psychic scar on my life that has stayed with me forever. And, I, and I'm still very disturbed by, by, by hippies and long hairs and, and headbands and large candles and beads and bandanas. I just don't like any of it. But um, I was only 12 years old. I, 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 was, I, was a, I was a tween. I was a changeling. I was changing into a man. But childhood is a, is a place where your fears are disproportionate. They're huge. But then so are your goals. And, and that's where the magic can happen, in these goals. 
And my goal when I was a child was to own a gorilla. Um, or, uh, you know, a monkey or an ape. Anything from the monkey-ape-gorilla family. I just wanted someone to, uh, you know, be able to play hide-and-go-seek with, um, swim, uh, shoot dice, um, light ironing. And uh, my parents were these really emphatic kind of ghetto people from New York City, right, who didn't like animals at all. And my mother said, look, you will never, ever see a monkey walk through that door. <laughs> but something very magical happened. That Christmas of 1970. You see, my uncle Ishmael, that was his real name, Ishmael, he was a trucker. And he had... He had his own flatbed truck, which meant that he could follow other people around who had flatbed trucks and pick up what fell off of theirs. <laughs> and one day he was closing down this raggedy-ass Circus Vargas in the Hollywood Bowl parking lot on Highland, and he came across a monkey that somebody was throwing out. <laughs> a live monkey named Carol. <laughs> two R's, two L's. And we knew it was called Carol because it had its own cage with its name on it. And that is what changed the deal with my parents because they are emphatic New Yorkers. So they said, well, if it's, if it's free <laughs> and it comes with a cage, what harm can it do? Well, Carol came to the house. I was so excited. Carol arrived on that flatbed truck on a pile of grapefruits in his cage. And when I went out there and greeted him, and I looked into those big round eyes, I knew that, that I would understand everything that monkey had to say to me. And that I would experience unconditional love. Well, the monkey promptly squatted, shat into its hand, and then threw it into my eye, underpaw. And from the shadow, I heard the ice clink in my mom's drink. And she said, that's your monkey. I loved my monkey so much, and I stuck with my monkey while everybody turned against my monkey. Sometimes they even put a sheet over its cage. I stuck with my monkey when my monkey willfully and intentionally fucked my grandmother's mink hat, and I took the blame. Carol was my most cherished early Christmas present. But Carol was not the only unexpected visitor that season. 
One Christmas night, the Santa Ana winds blew too hard against the glass in cold, frightening Los Angeles. I had fallen asleep into a deep Christmas sleep, and I looked out the window, and I saw a van pull up in front of the house, turn off, and just stop. Nothing happened for 30 minutes. Nothing happened. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is my nightmare. It's going to come true. And I thought to myself, well, at least I made it to 12. <laughs> then I looked out, and, and, and the door opened up, and then finally this plume of smoke rolled out, and these hippies came out on wobbly feet and started slinking up to the front of the house. And as the cast of Woodstock approached, I, I, I felt vulnerable in my, in, in my Charlie Brown sleeping t-shirt. And I waited for the physical and emotional attack to begin. There was a knock on the door. And I heard my mother's voice muffled. I, I knew she was dead, throats cut. I, I, I had read the papers. But then I, I heard her say, grilled cheese sandwiches for everyone. Why was my mother giving protein to a serial killer? And then there was a, a blast as my father came into my room and he said, your cousin Chuck is here, come down. And I timidly followed my father down the stairs to see in the living room what appeared to be Mama Cass Elliot, Jim Morrison, and assorted long hairs devouring Christmas cookies. My cousin stood shyly holding a three-dog night album at the stereo, and he told us he was going to play a song for us that no one had ever heard before. Side one, song A. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. I never understood a single word he said, but I helped him a drink of his wine. And on that cold, windy night, everyone stood up and started to dance. My, my, my father grabbed my mother and they started to dance. I looked over and Jim Morrison, the Jim Morrison, was dancing the jitterbug with my grandmother on the coffee table. It was so extraordinary. It was so magnificent. The hippies and the long hairs were all singing along to choruses of joy to the world. Oh, the boys and girls now. And then the song was over and someone picked up the needle and put it back at the beginning and the song continued and the dancing continued. And there's something emblematic about certain California Christmas memories and, and, and here is one that is transcendent, rock and roll. And this is what made my monkey legendary. He came down, <laughs> hurtling down the stairs and went right up to the stereo and started dancing. <laughs> Had we forgotten? 
Carol was a circus monkey. And this was her cue. You know I love the ladies. Her arms, his arms outstretched like rubber bands, and he, he started picking off the ornaments from the Christmas tree. Love to have my fun. The monkey started to juggle. I'm a high night rider and a rainbow flyer, a straight shooting son of a gun. I said a straight shoot. I wish you were all there to have seen the expression on those stoned... <laughs> on it, we found out later, LSD. Hippies and my grandmother, my grandmother, as Carol, my monkey, rightfully claim the spotlight. <laughs> glee is a very good word to use because that's what it was pure happiness and glee because I was 12 years old and I was alive <laughs> and I had escaped Manson's knife <laughs> and I had a monkey with talent. And as everybody danced, and as everybody laughed, and as everybody ate cookies, I looked at my family, I looked at these people, and all of their crimes, past, present, and future, seemed to just spill out and dissolve into the contours of the blue shag rug. <laughs> and as Carol balanced an ashtray on his nose, it was as though I was looking into my future because I realized all the glorious things that could happen with music and with joy. And that Christmas, the last one that I was ever a child, I learned a very important lesson that I'd like to pass on to you all tonight. And that's that no matter how horrible your day is and no matter how scary your night is, everything can turn on a dime and with a knock on the door. Thank you. I love that. Isn't that a wonderful story? What a great storyteller. Taylor McGrone. You can find him on Facebook. All right. That's how time goes so fast. All right. We're down to the end of our show. Remember my television show tonight? Uh, I forget the name. The Nancy Lombardo Show. 7 p.m. on the Internet, www.mnn.org, okay, 7 p.m. on the Internet or on three channels in Manhattan. Uh, just look at my Facebook page. It'll give you the information. All right, uh, we're moving. Oh, my gosh, it went so fast. Okay. So, anyway, I got my seeds from uh, Live Climate. If you want to get your seeds, go to liveclimate.com on Facebook. And like their page and then message them, seeds, and your address. I just got a bunch of packets. So they're giving them away free. All right, they're free. So, uh, wow, two minutes. All right, got to find something that's two minutes. Here we go. Oh, because it gets shorter and shorter every day. What can I say? My CDs are available for download on CD Baby. So check them out there. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to find some that's two minutes. Sorry, people. Sorry. Okay. 
Anyway, all right, here we go. This is about two minutes, a little so say. I'm in the club on a Tuesday. When I was a kid, I rocked the house in the chorus of the school play. Follow my Twitter at who say my suit's blue gray. I dress sharp cause it's a new day. I never used a two-way, never knew gay people, even though I grew up in a blue state. When I make parodies, the only guy I do is Drake. I feel like we're brothers, cause he's a fellow Jew, okay? I used to be all minty, fresh like toothpaste. But suddenly I'm over 30, cause time flew away. I wanna tell the little me what I knew today. But even with the wisdom, I still make quite a few mistakes. All you really ever need in life's a good mate Once you've achieved success, then you're finally doing great When you meet that perfect gal, a guy you shouldn't wait Never settle for burgers, try to cook a steak This has been What the Buzz New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. Someday I will have a chat room without jumping through hoops for it. All right, everyone stay well and wash your hands up to your elbows and wear your mask. Let's get through this. Big kiss. Bye-bye.